time to settle in for another episode of Deep in the Horror of Texas with your hosts, Ralph, Jeff, and Nathan. You gotta be fucking kidding. Oh, hey, you okay? Hey. Damn, and Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Deep in the Horror of Texas. This is Ralph. This is Jeff. My last girlfriend was a feminist vegan punk who broke up with me because she thought I was too fucking angry. I am Nathan. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode. Uh, in this fucking episode, we're going to get right into it, and we're going to talk about um, one of the coolest uh, names in horror going on today. It's uh, a really cool director. His name is James Wan. Yeah, this will be part one of our uh, look at his filmography and the horror genre. Yeah, which is really fucking neat. I mean, um, he always has his buddy uh, Lee or Lei Wan L. Um, yeah, Lay One L. Lay One L. Yeah, um, he's screenwritten and acted in so many of these projects. They're like the awesome, you know, uh, Abbott and Costello of yeah. the horror genre. So yeah, this is going to lead up uh, through his filmography to the release of Conjuring Two. Yeah, and then uh, I guess we'll conclude it when that movie finally. Yeah, and ends. then we'll come back at you in 2018 when he does Aquaman. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, oh, come on, it's not interested, bad. sir. It's possible it might be a horror film. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's on 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Why yeah. not? Aquaman fights Cthulhu. Horrifying to watch. Oh, boy. Cthulhu, that'd actually be kind of fun to watch. That would be neat. Who said I was lame now? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, red line. <laughs> wow. Wow, Ralph. What? <laughs> you got to back up when you scream. No. It's that deep Asian voice. Go-go gadget voice. <laughs> um... I don't know. Uh, when I first heard about James Wan hitting the scene, uh, it kind of caught me off guard. I mean, because his first feature that was really in the spotlight was Saw. Mm-hmm. Yep. January 19th, 2004, Sundance. Wow, 2004. Yep. Man, that that can easily take me fucking back. So let's hear it. What's with all the glitter? <laughs> What's happening? So a younger version of Jeff... <laughs> Enters a theater. Uh, after seeing a really neat, interesting trailer, um, yeah, I took immediate interest of this film called Saul. Uh, the trailer played really grotesque and kind of weird. It looked neat. You know, like, let's play a game. Like, cool, let's check this out. So, you know, I catch a matinee feature, and I sit through the theater, and after, it was kind of like my experience what I had with uh, Sixth Sense. I went in not really expecting much, and I came out just like flabbergasted. Like somebody kind of reinvented the fucking wheel. <laughs> and reinventing the wheel in the horror genre, I mean, if you're alive to experience it and see it, it's uh, truly a thing to be uh, to be seen, you know? It's all, it was it an was awesome experience. I was really glad to know this man, and I was really curious to see uh, future work by both the screenwriter and the director. Yeah, I guess where I'm coming in on this is I'm kind of the James Wan, uh, not naysayer, but I'm kind of the uh, skeptic on him. Nubian? Um, no, not Nubian. I've seen everything he's done, but I'm waiting to see what happens with uh, Conjuring 2. Um, I remember I saw this in theaters. Uh, 
I didn't fucking really give a shit about this movie while I was watching it, but then the ending happened, and I was just like, that was the fucking greatest thing ever. Like, Saw's ending uh, for Saw 1 was... uh, It's not the beginning of the twist, but it had such a good twist that it was just like, holy shit. It, It literally blew me back. Like, for 80 minutes of the film, I'm sitting there like, eh, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. The ending happens, and I left that theater a, a big fan. But, you know, I, I'm still skeptical on James Wan. I, gotcha. I've got to see where I'm not. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk more on that. Um, I saw it. I actually didn't get to catch it in theaters. I didn't see it until it actually got released on DVD. Gotcha. So I ended up waiting, like, almost a year later to actually watch it. But I loved the movie whenever I saw it. Um I like I like the twist ending. I like the the actors that were in it. Grant, I'd never heard of a guy by the name of Carrie Ellis before. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I never oh, heard of him. Fuck. It wasn't until I saw him <laughs> wow. in that movie and I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I was but, like Princess Bride guy. Yeah, yeah fucking exactly. Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, like I had kn- I had known about that movie, and I think I even saw Men in Tights, but I just didn't know the actor. Yeah. Because you see him in Men in Tights, he's he's handsome, and this one he didn't. He was more like disheveled. Yeah, I think before Men in Tights, because uh, I didn't watch that in theaters or for a long time, but where I knew him from was Princess Bride and then Hot Shots Part Two. Oh, yeah. With Charlie he was Sheen. like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, the nemesis. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind of like where I, I knew him from right. before that. But yeah, no, it's, yeah, him in that movie, that he was actually really good. And that, like you said, that twist was fucking amazing. Now, I have a couple of friends who are like, oh, that movie fucking blew. Well, that's your opinion. I don't. I don't care. This one's. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, for what it was, I, I thought it was amazing. I mean, as I revisited for this podcast, it wasn't. I was. I felt. I saw the weak points, but then you saw the foundation of what a great director he would grow up to be. Because mm-hmm. he was already doing things that were pretty much. Uh, I don't want to say Hitchcockian, but he has an eye that is just very good. Good. I mean, mm-hmm. I would say great, but it's it's very good, very yeah. very good. I mean, his framework of everything, uh, just from the beginning, when you see the uh, spike and the barbed wire, and you load up the twisted pictures yeah. logo, um, you just buckle up and you go right right into the ride. I love how it starts off with that underwater scene with the blue light, mm-hmm. and you're kind of like wondering what the fuck is going on, and just from the, I mean. There's few films that just take off like at that speed yeah. of like, especially within a, a mystery thriller horror film, and this film did it. And uh, you know, with uh, Leigh-Wanell being such a, you hadn't seen him in anything acting wise. He no. did uh, what I consider to be a, a really top notch job in this film. Yeah, no, I, he really did do a great job. Oh, he's then, doing this the room with him, right? Yeah, the oh, screenwriter. Okay. Yeah, um, and then. You, on top of that, you had the composer uh, Charlie Clauser. Oh, dude the the music that he used in that I fucking love it, dude. Like, the music in this movie is fucking phenomenal. I, yeah, there's very few horror themes recently that like grasps your attention, but this one, fucking dope. And what I love about Charlie Clauser is that he comes from the Nine Inch background. He did all the electronics and shit for like the Fragile on, I think. But he was really involved with Nine Snails a lot, so seeing him come into composing was awesome because he had like a real cool, almost a Darren, not Darnowski, but uh, Clint Mansell's kind of industrial version of uh, you know scoring that I thought was really uh, quintessential to this film. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. No, it, it, his composing, his 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 music that he used in it was fucking amazing, and the fact that he 
came back for this. I think he did the second one as so, well, so. and he he did a, quite a few other movies that just his sound that he uses for him it's it's recognizable. It doesn't it does, you can come from any background. You can watch any movie, but as long as you hear as long as you hear the theme from Saul, you're going to recognize it and yeah. you're going to know it's him. And it kicks in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all you can think of is uh, Jigsaw. Yeah, Jigsaw. And what, um, and that's ultimately what took me back is uh, that the film has such a great setup that you have the setup of the turmoil that's going on between the two characters in the room and the body on the floor. Yeah, and it's just a big whodunit situation, especially from like you know them finding the uh, the tapes in their pockets saying "Play me." Yeah, but it's like ultimately when Carrie gets the uh, takes the reins and he explains. I think I know who's behind this. And he starts giving you that backstory of the jigsaw murderer or the mm-hmm. killer. It's just like, wow. It becomes something that's like, okay, this is really awesome because he's explaining to you the uniqueness of this killer. But instead of having to take it from like a cop point of view or something like that, you're within the next victim's point of view. And I thought that was just fucking ingenious. Yeah. I mean, just fucking ingenious. Dude, there was a lot of jump scares throughout this movie too. Like, oh, yeah. uh, I love that uh, there's this scene where he's going through his apartment, you know, the, the uh, Lay Wanel, and he's, you know, taking pictures because the electricity's out. And that fucking, where he opens the closet, takes a picture, and that fucking pig face jumps out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fucking freaked the shit out of me. But uh, <clears throat> I've got to give this movie credit for having the worst car chase scene of all time. Oh, that ending <laughs> sequence with the fucking <laughs> Andy like, Glover. It's like people yeah. shaking it on the back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's bad. Like you know, and that's part of the cost effectiveness. Uh, uh, when James Wan and Lei Wan L were planning this out, they were like, "Dude, we don't." They already had financing fall through three times. Yeah, they finally got up like I think a one one point one point two million. Yeah, fucking one point two million dollar budget, and they were like, "Look, the majority of this movie has to fucking be shot." With two dudes in a room. Yeah. Other than that, like I think Lei Wanel lended his apartment for the uh, for fa- the family. Yeah. For the uh, family scene. Yeah, the family scene and shit like that. Like they didn't have money. Like, yeah. No. Like well, or they didn't have the budget that a lot of other movies have. Especially, and for this movie, it had a. This a is surprisingly small budget. Yeah, this is pre Bloomhouse and all that <clears> stuff. So there wasn't yeah. really micro budget horror films no. being made. I mean, well, this is before Paranormal Activity and all yeah. this shit. Yeah, there's low-budget movies out there like Halloween, but that's the 80s, man. But this even films 2000. like uh, Ghost Ship and like 13 Ghosts, those, mm-hmm. like, those had budget. Yeah. yeah. And they those didn't do great. And they, Ghost didn't do Ship, they didn't do what Saul did. No, Ghost Ship had so much potential, but... Yeah. Yeah. Fell, fell right down the sewer drain. Uh, this movie, I, like I've said before, like you can always tell when a director has fucking serious talent. Because when they're constricted by fucking budgetary, they have to come up with ideas. And that's usually when you either see a genius or a fucking flop. Yeah. Uh, for this movie, James Wan did a fucking tremendous job. His cinematographer, I can't really find anything on this guy. David Armstrong? Like, no, yeah, familiar. usually the cinematographer, like Dean Kundi and whatnot, they, they fucking set up the look of every situation. Um. And the situations in this movie, the lighting's cool. I mean, and a grainy kind of a uh, Fincher effect to mm-hmm. it. Yeah, like a real green light. Yeah, kinda, and well, it's kind of. I've noticed it 
and we'll we'll I'll bring it up again whenever we start talking about his other movies. But a lot of his movies have a bluish green hue to all of them. Yeah, that's like, a rip off of Carpenter. Yeah, Carpenter. Um, they used it in there. There's several other movies that do it, but I've noticed in Wands he uses that green bluish hue in everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you see it in you, you see it all the time in The Conjuring. You see it all the time in you see it all through Saw. You see it all through. His, all the other movies that he's done. Do you feel like it's like his way of capturing almost a retro look to kind of mm-hmm. almost inspire, I would think so. yeah. or you know, kind of I don't know, maybe like pay homage to what horror films? Some of the better horror films had like some kind of visual quality to yeah. to what he goes for, but yeah. the kind of retroy I don't I don't even want to call it retro. It's almost like a filtered, grainy effect that makes it feel like dirty. Saw mm-hmm. I remember watching Saw. When I rewatched it, even on Blu-ray, it was like it has this real dirty feel to it. Set design, everything, but the co- the camera really complimented it. Yeah, no, it really did, and it, it looked regardless. It looked amazing one way or another. Yeah. So, and, and it's continued using it from there. And what's awesome is that Lane Wanell was able to to lock down a screenplay that is almost timeless. I love that way it kind of sits in that world where like. There's no days. It's reactionary to a point where, like, it's believable. And I, I appreciate that. There's a couple of wonky little lines uh, with Danny Glover's scenes. Mm-hmm. But I think that just came from, like, he was just so angry and passionate about, you know, like, maybe missing having the killer. Because the killer eventually kills uh, Danny Glover's uh, partner, yeah. which was beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Fucking that, rude. That fucking scene is just, like, <laughs> awesome. When they... um. When it elevates to a scene where, like, you know, Carrie kind of walks him through the case and everything, and he kind of talks about his alibi, you have that thing, like, you want to hate Carrie because you think he's a cheating husband, yeah. but then he never cheats, you know, like, somebody's been kind of a step ahead of him, kind of playing him the whole fucking film, and I thought that was ingenious, because it was like, almost like the killer didn't have a full story on Carrie's character, which kind of made him a wild card, mm-hmm. because, you know, like... The private eye, fucking, I take pictures, you know, dickhead was the expendable one. That's why he was kind of pushing carried, like, you kill him within a certain time limit, and, you know. Yeah, uh, Zep, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Zep, Zep yeah. was, like, kind of hoping yeah, he, would, he would follow through and just kind of kill him. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, I think that's the name of one of the tracks, actually, Hello Zep. Yeah. <laughs> I think Which that's are, the one that everybody remembers. Reminds me of, like, uh, Pulp Fiction, like, Zed. Mm-hmm. Zed's dead, baby. But, uh. <laughs> I don't know. A majority of the film, with the dialogue and everything, with uh, between Leywanell and Carrie, it was just like, just fucking exquisite. Yeah, some of it, some of it is severely overacted, man. I, I agree, <laughs> but but the, but you know, to grow a situation to like where it has to go, I thought they did it well mm-hmm. because I mean, like from him finding that picture in the wallet and having to hide it from him. Yeah. Because, you know, like the hostility would instantly grow in the fucking character. Of oh, no, those were in the uh, saw bags. Leigh L throws that bag of pictures he's been taking of. Oh, no, of but the uh, there's that scene where uh, uh, Carrie's reminiscing about his daughter and he throws his wallet. And they're taped. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes like, there, he goes, oh, he goes, I have a picture of my wife. It's behind the picture of my daughter and he pulls out that polaroid and it's like both of them bound and gagged yeah. and he's like fuck he's like i don't show this to him now because he'll fucking lose his shit yeah yeah and uh as it as it plays out when they find out what they got uh uh 
not Cary Grant. What the <laughs> Cary fuck? Grant? Hey, what are you doing over here? Um, no, uh, Cary L's character, when he gets his tape, he gets a bullet. Mm-hmm. Where Leywan L's character only gets a tape. Yeah. And it's as they play the messages, you know, uh, everything starts to piece together. Yeah, everything starts to piece together. And uh, Cary L's, it, his tape says, if you kill uh, Adam. Adam. You know, we'll set you free. And, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like till six p.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let the game like, Don't worry, I'm not gonna kill you. But well, I, I mean, he's afraid if he shows him that picture, like, oh, that'll only further this problem. Yeah, so. yeah. that'll that aggravate the issue. Now, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I watched it. Um, you didn't do your he homework. Was, he was doing <laughs> well. I've seen the movie so many times. I'm just trying to piece it all back together yeah, again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the one that t- was taking all the f- photos, if I remember right. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then, so for him, that that just gives him another reason to shoot him once he finds out. Yeah, he's like, you're just another paycheck. I don't give a shit if you cover yourself in peanut butter and have a 15-hooker gangbang. It doesn't yeah. matter to me. Not me. It's, it's, like, Joe, it's just like, I got paid for a job. <laughs> Which is weird, because you think it's going to be Zeb or this Jigsaw killer that employed him, but when the yeah. tables turn and you find out that it was Danny Glover the whole time, you start seeing Carrie's fucking... Um, his uh his fucking wheels start uh, the character Lawrence his uh, wheels start turning he starts thinking fuck is, is Danny Glover the been the whole fucking yeah you know, has he been the fucking killer the whole fucking time it's funny how Leywanel came up with the jigsaw killer I don't know if anyone knows this little history but uh when he was writing the script he kept getting severe migraines and he was like convinced it was a brain tumor and so when he went to the MRI he started thinking of these questions like how bad do you want to live blah, blah, blah. and thus from that period of migraines and shit and going to doctors he thought of the jigsaw killer that's interesting yeah hmm. all all well, based off his own life what i thought was cool is that leywanel and james wan attacked the situation by filming a short film a piece of the screenplay they call it a sizzle reel yeah so they shot a big fucking like five thousand dollars a scene and they filmed it and they would throw around the sizzle reel with the screenplay in order to try to find uh, funding and somebody take on the film, yeah. and finally somebody did bite, and obviously we have the film. I think I remember watching the short for like years after the movie came out because I ended up surfing it surfacing on the internet somewhere. So I remember seeing the the sizzle roll like it was like a little five ten minute clip. That's all it was. Yeah, and it gave you a really good idea as to what the movie was going to be about. Yeah, so it, it was really interesting to see it go from that. To what we got in 2004. Yeah, I think you can find it on YouTube still. I oh, think yeah. somebody posted it, obviously. Yeah, it, it surfaced. It's, yeah. Someone has it. So that's 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 a given. And again, with the budget that it had, it made bank in the fucking box office. Oh, yeah. Like, it it, it ran away with $103.9 million. Got off a $1.5 million yeah. budget? Yeah, Jesus. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. I wish I had that kind oh, of a pocket change, you know? That's a huge fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of go just spoiler right into it, I always wonder from watching the film, like what had hap- what would have happened had if Le- the killer Le- fell asleep. No, what, <laughs> uh, what if Lewan Le- character when he wakes up in the tub? What if he had somehow been able to stop the key from going down the drain at the very Ooh. beginning? Yeah, that would have been an interesting. It's like a LED blue light floating in the water, mm-hmm. and that's how you kind of see Adam's character. And then when he wakes up, his foot. Pulls the drain, yeah, and you see the light and the key go down the drain. Yeah, that's right. And I was always like, "Well, what would have happened if they would have yeah, been Jigsaw able to get had, the key?" Yeah, Jigsaw had planned this out so fucking you know meticulously. Mm-hmm. Like, what if 
like just by chance, like the the key didn't go down the drain. Yeah. What if it got caught on something on the way down? Yeah. Like and you could still fish it out, you know? Yeah. And if he was able to stop that, I mean, like, shit, dude. Like, we would have had a different outcome. Yeah, like, he would have been able to unchain himself, and then what would he have done? Would he have reasoned with Lawrence's character? Yeah. Would he have turned ultra-violent? I mean, that's just something that was always going through my mind whenever I watched the film. The what-if like, storyline? Yeah. Because, I mean, I like the way that the chains, that they're chained to the pipes and shit in the room are... Um, able to be electrified mm-hmm. so he has some form of control over these guys even though he's trying to give them control of the outcome yeah and i was just always like man but how can you offer because at that great reveal at the end you uh he was the key to that lock is on you know it was in the drain i was like what the fuck he had the key the whole fucking time mm-hmm. or he had the possibility of having the key from like the get-go yep i don't know that always takes me back i was just like man that was a Fucking wicked twist. Intense. Yeah. Fucking intense. And then for him to saw off his foot at the very end, it's like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome, dude. I love how he just puts the shirt in his mouth and hacks off his own foot. Although you probably could have gotten away with fucking just hacking off your heel. You didn't have to take your whole foot off. I mean, slide the fucking chain off. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Still. dude, that. A lot of people like to credit this as the, like, invention of torture porn and while it's kind of true that it's like the new age of torture porn it's it really I mean, it, dude the 70s really i mean come on i spit on your grave and sh- the last house on the left like yeah, that was some but, fucking torture but porn. mainstream 2004 i mean yeah. he brought he set the foundation that was okay for people to sit in the theater and watch films like hostile yeah which i fucking hate ho- oh, like yeah. i'm not a torture porn guy and this movie doesn't really have a lot of that. I mean, it's not yeah. like Saw three and four and five. No, where it's if, like anything, yeah. if anything, hundreds of people dying. If but. anything, he kind of just kind of amped up the the stuff that was going on in seven. Yeah, I mean, it, there, that's funny you bring that up because there's a huge comparison to this movie in seven. Um, they asked Leywanell if uh, when he was writing this, if seven was a huge influence. He said definitely. Like that movie is a fucking masterpiece, and we just talked about it. Uh, exactly i mean dude we're talking one of of the best mainstream twist endings that you can find uh just that movie's a beast but uh lay also said yeah there's some you know comparisons yeah there's detectives chasing after a guy who's torturing people to kill themselves yeah uh yeah he's never really truly murdered anybody yeah no which i uh, thought was genius yeah it was really some of that shit's unwinnable though like yeah Come on, the dude, like, they show a scene where a dude's covered in fucking, like, uh, Vaseline-gasoline mixture, and he has a candle, and he has to find a combination on a wall, and there's literally four fucking walls just goddamn covered in numbers. It's like, you you can't get that. There was that one. There was... The razor blade. Yeah, the razor blade maze kind of thing. Yeah, where he was like, he had, the guy had tried to kill himself previously, and then he was like, well, let's see how much you give a shit about your life now. Yeah. And then my favorite, the jaw trap. The the reverse uh, bear trap with uh, Amanda Young. Yeah. Or, well, Amanda Young was the character, but the actress was uh, Shawnee Smith. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Yeah. from the Blob remake. Yep. Um, I know her always from... uh, Who's Harry Crumb nice. with John yeah. Candy? Yeah, she was the daughter. <laughs> yeah. hey, she's hot in that. I always had a crush on her, but uh, yeah, fucking, she's still not bad looking. No, she's gorgeous. She's beautiful. So, um, but yeah, I found it funny that you brought up Seven because there's like this huge comparison with. Them. Oh, I think so too. I mean, yeah. I, I when I watch it, yeah, um, ten years later, of course, yeah, of course, yeah. 
And uh, that $1.5 million budget, micro budget, which is amazing they were able to pull it off. That, that just lets you know that story is sometimes more valuable than your production. Yeah, yeah like made like $120 million or some shit. Like, yeah. Uh, what, Saw? Yeah. $103.9 million. Gold. Out of one point two. Jesus. I'd be laughing all the way to the bank. I found it funny, though, that um, during during uh, the, the making of this, uh, when they released it to Sundance and whatever film festivals, uh, their people came up to them and were like, look, uh, it's getting reactions, but we need you to write a di- another movie like yeah. immediately yeah. just to cover your ass if this falls through. And it's like, hit theaters and boom, just blew the fuck blew up. up. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, it, it, re- it was like the most successful, profitable movie since Scream. Yeah. yeah. Which, and it ended kudos. up being like the biggest moneymaker series out of any horror genre, I mean, any horror, like that is like the biggest moneymaker ever. Yeah. Yeah. And like, how wow. horror movies already have a pretty big turnaround because horror movies can normally be made with a small budget. They, yeah, they're not going to get the same funding like Avengers does or Dark Knight or anything. I wouldn't like even want to see that. Like, <laughs> like a big budget horror movie <laughs> never really ever, never really does well. You could usually do them for pretty cheap and have a huge return. I think the biggest. So. Tentpole fucking horror film was uh, Guillermo del Toro's. Uh, he wanted to do a Call of Cthulhu, not Call of Cthulhu, uh, at the Mountains of Madness. And if that would have ever went through, that would have been like buku fucking money, yeah, uh, production wise, and all that shit. All right, so when um, Carrie's revealing this, I, I guess we get a backstory on on uh, Sergeant Tap, which is Danny Glover's fucking character. And him and his fucking partner, they pretty much have Jigsaw like on his fucking knees and shit. And, uh, you know, they have the chance to take him down, but they do that drill bit kill where like the two drill bits are like, yeah. drills are like about to hit that guy in the fucking brain. And then the, the cop pops off him. But man, you get that awesome scene where like the, the, uh, uh, the partner's chasing after Jigsaw and he thinks he shoots him in the back with the shotgun. Yeah. And he's like creeping towards him, and then he pulls that fucking tripwire, and then it's like just double barrels, just pointing down, and it just takes off like the front half of his face. Dude, that is fucked like up. Like a kill from Doom. Yeah. Yeah, it is fucked up. Like, there's like four shotguns. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. weird, too, is that Deadpool kind of pulls a Hudson Hawk, fucking like the blade comes out of his wrist, he's like, <laughs> and tries to slash Danny Glover's throat, but I guess it was just like a, a real. A Nick. Yeah, a Nick. But, uh, yeah, dude, those are some excellent sequences that I thought were just, like, fun, crazy. Yeah, no, they definitely were. They were a lot of fucking fun. Well, the, um, let's go ahead and jump into uh, the final scene, because that's the fucking big the yeah. scorcher of this well, like, fucking earth. You get the reveal that Zep's kind of poison, and he's trying to fight to make sure Lawrence dies. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, his, his, his uh, instructions were to make sure that uh, the wife, kills the, the, wife the wife and daughter. He was like his job was like either Lawrence kills Adam or you have to kill the wife and daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll give you the antidote because you're you're dying of a poison. And uh, so he's over here, you know, like the cop thinks he's the jigsaw killer, but da, 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 not even the killer. Which kind of sucks because when uh, Zep and fucking Danny Glover are kind of fighting, uh, you expect Danny Glover to get the upper hand and take down Zep, but he gets shot in the fucking chest. Yep. So he spent his whole fucking life just for like, you know, con- constant failure. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a, that's a hell of a way to live and go. Yeah, no, definitely. 
Yeah, I mean, he fell into like squalor, bro. He was yeah. renting that shitty apartment, quit the force. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Once his partner died, he went in a fucking shithole. <laughs> you want to rent the shit apartment next door to fucking the doctor and just watch him from a fucking shitty VHS camp? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I was it like, was wow, bad, dude. What a life. But uh, Zeb, uh, what I gather, he he drives to uh, Dr. Lawrence's, you know. Where his holding spot yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. And uh, is that where he shoots Danny Glover? Uh, yeah, he shoots yeah, Danny Glover there right purchase. outside. And then he opens the door. No, no. Uh, Lawrence shoots fucking Adam. Cuts he, his foot off. You think he's dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. he cuts his foot off. He puts him around in the thing. He shoots Adam. He's like, yeah, I did it. I did it. Let me go. <laughs> and then Zepp uh, fucking opens the door, Such and he's just actor. like, it was you. Fuck you. All that shit. Mm-hmm. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. <laughs> Sorry, it was the rules. No. And then uh, Adam comes up from behind, sweeps him, and he grabs that back end of the toilet and just fucking... Just goes brutal. to fucking yeah, town. Dude. Meat porcelain. Dude, just <laughs> fucking crushes the guy's face. I don't know how he could do that with a three fifty seven round lodged yeah. in his shoulder, but suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Continue. Hollywood movie. Oh, but, but what's also cryptic as shit is that, like, Carrie's just gone pure white. Yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> I shot you in the shoulder. It's just a flesh wound. You gotta be... Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna go get help. <laughs> You'll be all right. <laughs> Where are you gonna go, bro? <laughs> exactly. You have You'll no be okay. <laughs> no, you're gonna pass out way before I fucking. God go. damn, mm-hmm. I can't imagine bleeding out like that, dude. Dude, that's shitty, bro. Dude, like cutting off your own foot with a rusty fucking blade, oh, like. Yep. He doled it out because you were trying to cut the chain. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, it ends up breaking. Or it ends up breaking on the fucking chain. Oh, God damn. Oh, so yeah, Carrie Ells is like crawling like a snail out the room. Yeah, <laughs> and Adam's sitting there. And uh, wait, take take us into it, man, because I might oh, fuck dude. it up. Yeah, but how, where where what does he say that that hits that spot? I don't think he says anything. He doesn't dude. say anything. He finds he starts... Zeb's tape. Oh yeah, yeah. He digs through his fucking pockets and he finds oh to Zeb's find the tape. To find a key or something. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they do the whole fake out scene where he thinks he like smokes the poison cigarette and all that shit, but he gets zapped to make sure. Worst fake out ever. Yeah. <laughs> Worst fucking acting. <laughs> but yeah, he finds that tape and Zeb's kind of like giving instructions from Jigsaw, and then uh, yeah, you get that slow fucking pickup reveal mm-hmm. that that dead body has been laying in the middle of the fucking scene the whole fucking film. And the, I love how uh, it's to- over his shoulder too. Oh, how, how it comes into focus, like he just kind of sits up, and you're like, "What the fuck?" The astonishment on Lay One L's face, and then I love that like Tobin Bell just has his eyes closed to kind of like let the light and everything kind of just soak in to not like overtake him. Yeah. That's crazy. That's beautiful, dude. And then he just peels off that prosthetic off of his head. I was like, "Oh my god!" Dude. And then you get like a series of everything mm-hmm. that's happening yeah. throughout the film flashing. Yeah. And then Lay One Nell makes a move for fucking Zepp's fucking uh, like nine millimeter, mm-hmm. and then you see him like uh, Tobin Bell reaches out one hand and just pushes the button. It's like, oh god! <laughs> He's like sh- gets shocking, like tosses the gun towards Tobin Bell, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. now that's out of reach too. The key for that lock was in the bathtub. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> Shuts no! Yeah. And, like, even during the credits, it's just him <laughs> screaming <laughs> for fucking help. Dude, yeah, um, just a fucking gnarly reveal, man. I yes. remember, like, 
like I said, in the theater, I was just like, uh, yeah, cliche, boring. And then the ending happened. I was just like, fuck. fuck. Like, I've got to go see this again. i got to spend yeah. another seven fucking dollars yeah. to go see this again. Or four fifty. Whatever the fuck it was back then. Zeb even, like, he's the orderly. And when that first scene you see Carrie, he kind of, like, has, like, oh, we're talking about this guy about has a, an operable patient. Brain, yeah, patient mm-hmm. that has a mm-hmm. brain tumor and all that stuff. And you see Tobin Bell laying in the fucking bed. But back then, he was kind of pretty much an unknown yeah. actor. He was kind of like what we would consider Kevin Spacey to be more of a character actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was always like uh, secondary, like yeah. throwaway roles. Yeah, yeah. like he had had like you know background villain part two. I think know? he was yeah. in like Roadhouse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of the best. Roadhouse, <laughs> oh, which is a great film. Which we will be reviewing uh, next. Never. <laughs> one can dream. <laughs> one day, maybe one day. Uh, Patrick Swayze in Kung Fu. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Roadhouse. So yeah, man. I mean, it closes out with like this big fucking twist. Uh, the last ten minutes. Of, I usually bitch about the end 10 minutes being like, oh, you know, it's forgivable mm-hmm. as long as the first 80 minutes. The first 80 minutes of this movie, I didn't really give a shit about, but the last 10 minutes blew my fucking mind. Yeah. So It was all foreplay, dude. Yeah, super, super strong fucking ending with dude, this movie. 80 minutes of foreplay, 10 minutes of release. Yes. <laughs> oh. That's the best 10 minutes ever. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shake it off. I didn't think this would segue into like the huge fucking series that we get, like the other six, seven parts. You know, I didn't think it would. There's a new one. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. Is there? Are they going on legacy? Because it's seven movies, including this one. And I, I saw like whenever I typed in, whenever, uh, whenever I typed in Google to get some some background information on it, it said Saw Eight. I was like, what the hell? (laughs) And I didn't know what. I, I was like, I thought they were done with this. Yeah, me too. Because like the biggest reveal, where do you go? Like like the biggest reveal. Well, yeah, I think Tobin Bell's character died in three, but the biggest reveal is at the end of the seventh movie. You find out it was Carrie Ellis's character. Don't say that yet. Ah! (laughs) Oh no! Womp womp womp. womp. We we still might reveal the rest of this. The more you know. Now you know the spoiler. So watch one and seven. And there you go. That's all you need. Sorry, fuckers. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. Yeah, we might go back and review the whole series. Right now, we're talking to the James Wan. Though, I'm not going to so. go any further than three, then. <laughs> uh, four, I, I, can't, I think I'm, four and five were good. Six, I just couldn't well, fuck. I, I never it, watched past three. What I thought it was cool three, is they yeah. franchised the shit out of this. It was like your go-to October film for like yeah. years. Well, because it, it released every October. Yep. Every yeah. October, if not every, then Seven every other. Seven fucking years. Yeah. Oh, my God. Jesus. I remember thinking, like, Jesus Christ, is this going to be get like, tired of doing yeah, this? like, uh, seriously, after the third one, they all just kind of meshed together. It was stupid. It would be like, oh, the the girls uh, locked into this chair, and the each boyfriend on the side is like, one's the boyfriend, the other one she's having an affair with, and it's like, what what do you do? It's like, oh, fuck, we let the bitch fucking get tortured and die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really? Me and you walk around. Why do we have to fucking suffer? Yeah. <laughs> fucking slut. The fucking can keep going on. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking slut! <laughs> oh man, we need to go get a beer. Fuck her. Oh, dude, if we did it today, what would be like? Uh, which uh, bathroom do you use at Target? <laughs> 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 the choice is yours. Um, I want to play a little game. Uh, to that theory, I have a dick, so I use the men's room. The person in the stall next to you. God, damn. man or woman. 
The choice is yours. Oh, no. no. Just, you, just tap your foot on the floor and see when, if they come out. No. Was, <laughs> Nate. Did, was he wearing a flannel shirt? I don't know. It could be anything. No. <laughs> did, he, did, did he have shaved fucking knuckles? I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's uh. always weird when you, like, bump the foot of the person in the stall next to you, and you're like, hey, can I get some teepee? And you notice they're, like, red... Like fucking pumps. <laughs> sure thing, bro. Something weird's here. Sure, bro. Yes, I'll give it to you. <laughs> no glory hole. Thank God it's not a bar. <laughs> Next thing you hear is, "Can I come in?" No. No. <laughs> well, goddamn. You wanted the TP. You wanted the two ply. It's <laughs> like you remember that scene in Weird Science. Which one? <laughs> they go to the bar and Wyatt's like trying to use the restroom, but he can't. Like everybody's looking at him, so he goes in the stall, sits down, and there's two other feet. Yeah, he's all, "Well, goddamn!" <laughs> uh, I, I remember something like that happening, but in that Cheech and Chong oh. film, we has to go take a shit real bad in the weed factory. <laughs> oh, come on, ice cream! <laughs> he sits there, it's like a guy already sitting there taking a shit. I was like, "Man, how does that work out?" You just leave him a Cleveland steamer right there in his fucking lap. Just drop it in. Sorry, bro. <laughs> He pokes, you push. Man. <laughs> you mind if I scatter the goods? Because I, <laughs> uh, I got a blowout. Thank God you didn't eat Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, man, let's go into, uh, I guess, final thoughts. Um, and uh, we'll do uh, the recommendations. Okay. Go ahead, rock it. All right. So, final thoughts for me. Um, yeah, it's an early film. It's got a lot of wear and tear in it. It's not sure. You know, it's not a highlight film, but it is something nice to reminisce and go back to. Um, as far as it being the foothold that holds the series, I don't know. I think a lot of the directors that came in later did a great job with the style and character work. Because, um, like, with Darren Lynn Bowsman taking the reins and it taking place in a different setting, I mean, the Saul series did elevate from this first one. But you have to remember that Le1L and James Wan were always at the helm as producers, so I mean it's always a good film to reminisce and go back to. Ralphus? The the movie, in all honesty, like you said, it did come out in two thousand four. It has a little bit of wear and tear. And the thing about it is it does it does for me it stood up well and I hell, I'll still watch it today and enjoy the fuck out of it. Hell, I'll watch that one and the second one regardless. The third one, I'm not going to mess with anything after the. In all honesty, almost anything after the second one, I won't touch because the third one was, I was kind of like, eh, whatever. But the first one, I have no problem watching and just loving each time. Gotcha. Um, but personally, hell, I'd I bought the movie, I bought the Blu-ray, I brought, I bought the collection or collector's edition. I kind of tossed the other discs, but still, it's it's a good movie all around. I enjoyed it and. For that to be the first exposure to James Wan, I look forward to everything else that he's going to have from here on out, regardless if it's another horror movie or fucking Aquaman. Yeah. True. True. Well, for me, uh, fuck, like I said, when I sat in theaters and watched this, I don't... I First 80 minutes are just kind of cliche-ish fucking horror movie. Mm -hmm. uh, but that goddamn twist, man, I mean, it sticks out in my head as, like, one of the fucking best twists in cinema. Like... It, maybe not the best twist. It's just a fucking shocking moment, man. Like the dude who's been dead in the room the whole time with his brains blown fucking out is sits up and he's like, "Oh, the key to that chain's in the tub." Like it, it has a it has something to it. 
Um, I've always said that fucking budget restraints, usually you can find if a director's a genius or if he's going to fucking buckle under pressure. James Wan didn't in this first movie. Not at all. He, uh, he knocked a fucking home run with all the budget restraints. I think he wanted something like 3.4 and they got like 800,000 for production. Uh, the other 400,000 was spent on, uh, marketing and whatnot. Um, so eight hundred thousand dollars production, and you get a film like this is is a fucking rare thing. Uh, I when I look at Saw series, this is the only one I go back to. I don't care about the rest of them. Uh, when I want to enjoy a a decent horror film that's not too torturous, like I fucking hate torture porn. I I can't watch Hostel, and I don't give a fuck about any of the, the other subsequent subsequent. What about films High Tension? Followed. High tension's awesome, but I don't consider that torture porn. That's more of a thriller. Um, I, absolutely, watch it. I mean, this is this for me is a buy. This is kind of an important film. Yeah, um, it's a good fucking ending. Yeah, there's overacting. Fuck Carrie <laughs> Ells, who I love, overacts the shit out of this film. And Leywanell <laughs> is not the greatest of thespians, but he pretty much got forced into this part because they didn't have enough money to fucking hire another actor. Like, right. okay, I'll bite the bullet and do it. So there's a rarity to it. But it, damn, he made it believable though. Yeah, yeah he really did. Um, Aside yeah, from the bullet in the arm. I'd watch the fuck out of this movie. If, if you hadn't seen it, I, I'd definitely change that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's important. It, like, it's not important to the Saw series. It's important to the horror genre. Yeah. yeah. No, it really is. I mean, we we didn't even speak too much to the cast. I mean, you have uh, yeah. the actor that plays uh, Zeb is he plays Ben and Lost later. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny Glover, Carrie, uh, Leigh-Wanell, Amanda Potts, I believe, plays the the wife. Monica. Monica, Monica Potts, yeah. And she went on to do great <coughs> things. Uh, I think she worked with Morgan Freeman in Along Came the Spider, which she did a great job. Oh with. yeah, Con Air. Yeah, she Con Air. Wife. Yeah. And then Leigh-Wanell went on to do another. Uh, Morgan Freeman film with, uh, oh, shit, what was it? Um, uh, Kiss the Girls, which was, oh, exquisite. Yeah. But, yeah, dude, this was a a, a good uh, good base jump for, uh, you know, somewhere, something you didn't expect from, I think I think with smaller budget films, you get more freedom, and yeah. I think this is, like, the big payoff well, when people do have more freedom. Uh, like yeah. Nate said, with the smaller budgets, like, you go back to the Halloween poster, Smaller budgets so creativity. Yeah. It show it like if you have a small budget to work with, you will get fucking creative. Look at fucking Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. I yeah. mean, when you you're restricted, that creates genius. Or you get fucked. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I think you get less people looking over your shoulder mm-hmm. to make sure you're maintaining like you know what they're investing in. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a few good people that give you that 1.5 million i think you get yeah. you get people that are like fuck it you know hey do or don't mm-hmm. i think this is what pays off i mean obviously in in james wan's future career i mean this is definitely the big payoff something that we didn't touch on in this movie which <clears throat> i think we really need to is how fucking creepy that doll was oh yeah Wow, the, we'll t- the jigsaw yeah. doll. Yeah. That that thing was fucking creepy as wow. fuck. That was a great <laughs> character. Fucking and there wow. was uh, Comic Palooza a couple of years back. There was a kid dressed up, like dressed up as the fucking jig- oh, as the jigsaw awesome. puppet, and he had the tricycle and everything. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. And he just kind of he just 
wheeled around up and down the aisles. I'm pretty sure some of you fuckers saw it. It was creepy as fuck because the kid, this is fucking parenting. Like, Jeff parents the <laughs> fuck out of his kid, and it's amazing. And But this kid took it to a whole new level. Yeah, cosplay he, level. He cosplayed as the Jigsaw puppet one day, and then he came back as Hellraiser the next. Yeah. This kid, whoever his fucking parents are, bravo to you. No fucking shit. standing ovation. <laughs> was that here at Comic Palooza? Yeah, this was at Comic okay. Palooza like a year or two back. Yeah, he showed There's, up at uh, TFW one year or two as the Jigsaw mm-hmm. kid. Yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm sure if you just Google him, like you'll yeah. find the kid. He has a fucking Facebook or some shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he. It wouldn't fucking surprise Never me. Should. So let's but, say it. Uh, buy, recommend, or watch on Netflix. Or wait, buy fucking Netflix or uh, avoid. It's a reluctant buy, but I yeah I buy it. Ralphie, the first the first two for me are buys. Everything else, yeah, can yeah. go whatever. This is unanimous. I I'd, I'd buy it as well. This this film. And what's uh, unique good. is that you can go to Target or Amazon and buy like the whole fucking Saw series like twelve ninety nine on Blu-ray. Yeah, cheap as shit, yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. Cheap as shit. So it's like um, it's not it's not a hard buy. No, and it's even not. trying to torrent it, I mean, I fucking like two days ago tried to torrent just saw one by itself. Yeah, you can't find it. You cannot find it. It's the series. Yeah. Yep. And it's just like, I'm not downloading fucking 20 gigs of shit yeah. <laughs> for just one movie that I like. But you need to see the entire story. I don't need to see it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I just want to watch the first one. The first one and the last one. If that's, we that's decide to review the next you know, six, six or seven, then whatever. I'll be here for the first three. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else after that, y'all can go eat it. Nope. Not going to bother. So there you have it, Saw. We got unanimous buys and... uh we all liked it, so yeah. fucking check it out and and definitely if you're if you're in the mood for Saw and you've already seen it, um, I definitely kick back and go watch Seven again. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you can go more into like the later uh, torture porn, which was a hostile yeah. kind of genre. Yeah, hostile one and two, yeah, because they played on that shit again. No, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is you know cabin fever. A lot of these films played to the groundwork that J- uh, Lay One L and. James Wan kind of place at our feet. Yeah. Well, let's go into his next uh, film. Speaking I, I of puppets. We'll, we'll do a uh, small review of uh, Dead Silence. Which was kind of horrible because... <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I hate, I hate the idea that they, they were kind of pushed. They didn't get a yeah. chance to sit on their hands and really think about what would be a next good project. They kind of went in, the producer said... Saw did great. What do y'all have? What you know? What other tricks do y'all have up y'all sleeve? Well, no. Saw the the producer released it Sundance, and he was like, "Look, we're getting good reactions, but we're not getting a lot. I'm nervous. Write something that way we can cash in." And in the way, I don't know. I don't know what I read, but it was like they were asked to pitch shit, and for some reason, Leonel or James Wan pitched an idea that went back to a lot of the old school Hammer horror. Uh, films that had Victorian House and Fog mm-hmm. and all these kind of themes, and he brought up the idea of the ventriloquism. Yeah, and then from there, Le Wanell had to spit out the screenplay. Yeah, Le Wanell actually is quoted as saying, um, "I fucking hate cigarettes. I cannot stand them, but this movie is literally the gun to my head. I had like less than two months to write it, and I took up smoking." Which he Jesus. absolutely despised, but he was like, I was so fucking stressed out, I looked to every fucking thing that would calm me down, and he's like, cigarettes did it, but uh, at the he same time... He missed out with weed. That's he what I said, what the weed. fuck is... Smoke a joint. Better for you. <laughs> yeah, it's better, it's healthier, it's... Yeah. You don't have to worry about anybody fucking regulating it. But yeah, yeah no. I mean, that shows you the pressure this guy was under, a lifetime of fucking despising cigarettes, and 
he ended up smoking to complete the script just because he didn't have any idea. He was just like, okay, ventriloquists, lock yourself in a room for two months and fucking write this out. It's before the saw date, you know, before it dropped in theaters. They they wanted to have this before theaters. That way, mm. if saw did poorly, they'd at least have a backup plan. Yeah. And it kind of reversed. Saw did great, and this movie didn't no. do much. It, it did bad. It came out, it's like from the director and writer of Saul. Yeah. And it was like that kind of film that dropped. And, you know, given its introduction <clears throat> to public, um, it, it it had the weight. It looked like it was going to be a really fun fucking film. Yeah. It looked dark it, and creepy. And, yeah, no, it really did. And hell, it, their budget got inflated for this movie. Like, they so. went from one point, what did I say, two, three? 1.2 million. 1.2 million to 20 million. Jesus. They got a $19 million increase. Yeah. So, and unfortunately, like, like y'all were saying, this movie was such a flop that it evened out. Yeah. They box office at 22. Jesus. They made a profit of 2 million. Wow. Just for just in the movie sales. Like that's not I don't think that includes fucking uh marketing brand stuff like that. It, that doesn't include any of that. Jeez. So they pretty much like evened out. Barely broke even. Yeah. yeah. And that's what's funny. It didn't even take off as like being a cult favorite or anything like that. Like it nope. it never really had the legs to be like nobody gave a shit. Yeah, even though you had returning people James Wan I can't pronounce the screenwriter's name. Oh, Lay One L. Charlie Clouser. All all three of them came yeah. back. And I think more of them did too, didn't you say? Oh, uh, a few well, others did? I, I, what was really interesting is that the <coughs> costume designer for Dead Silence is actually Denise Cronenberg, which is David Cronenberg's oh, uh, wife. Okay. I mean, all these little neat little things were tied to this feature. Mm-hmm. But Damn, I mean, this had a budget of $20 million? Yeah. yeah. $20 million and it made a comeback of twenty two. And with Ryan Quaton, who... It didn't even look like that. Like, no. It does no, not I reflect mean, its price. It, it had some really big scenes. I mean, it had some really big set pieces, too, especially when you had, like, the ferry ride to the the lady's house and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then the lady's basement itself was, the like, dad's a huge house set piece. was, like, a huge and Yeah, the huge mansion and shit like that. I mean, God, you had some still, really good set pieces. Hey. Like, this does not look like a $20 million hey, movie. No. Fucking $1.2 million or your $800,000 fucking soul. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this 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 looks like a bunch of cool like little areas, but interior is all all studio. But again, I got to tip my hat to James One with him working with his cinematographer and his uh, vision for directing. He did just from that opening scene where you see uh, the character of the lady. They do a rough translation of a uh, opening origin story, and then they talk about ventriloquism in the eighteen hundreds and what ventriloquism actually means. The word definition. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see her take that block of wood and draw the character of the first dummy, and she yeah. carves it out. All that opening sequence is great. It's filmed oh, yeah. extremely well. But then you feel out of place because that opening sequence with the dummy and Ryan's um, and him and his girlfriend in the apartment just felt out of place. Uh, Jamie and the wife's name is escaping me now. Ella? But no. that opening scene, it was just like it's almost like you walked into the middle of the film, let alone the third, you yeah, know, the third act. Yeah, it really does. Ella, I think it's Ella. Okay, Ella's either the wife or the mom. Yeah, I can't remember, but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, you really do. You kind of like you get that opening, and it it looks like it's going to be something good, and then the package shows up. Yeah, he has to leave and go get the the, the Korean takeout. Yeah, the takeout barbecue and stuff like that, whatever Chinese food. 
And then when he gets back, it's like the girl's already been tormented mm-hmm. through jump scares and whatnot to kind of yeah. push that ventriloquism. What I found strange is everybody treats this doll so, like, prim and proper. Like, they always set it up, right? Like, I, I would have thrown that doll on its side. Mm-hmm. Like, each time they set it up and it's sitting upright looking at them and it's... It's like, I, I why fucking, are you setting that up? I hate fucking uh, marionettes. <clears throat> I don't like... Uh, Creeped you out? Yeah, I don't like dolls. I'm not a big doll. What threw me off was a kill at the beginning. Like, I didn't really understand what the fuck the chick was killed by. She's just, like, in the bed, like, with her, like, jaw, like, really huge, Ripped like, open. Looked yeah. like, uh... What was that waitress... Or what was that cook's name in... And uh, Jason, Jason, Jason goes to hell, <laughs> gets molly whopped in the fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> Wet Muppet. Yeah. Well, I like that he walks <laughs> in the house and he hears her. She's Nobody like, touched that fucking ray of sunshine. It's the two for one. <laughs> but I love that the uh, ventriloquism shits like you hear the girl's voice like calling him into mm-hmm. the house. And he's like, oh, where are you at? What the hell is going on? He steps in the puddle of blood and she's just like, what are you doing? Like, oh, God, that was awesome. What are you doing? He's still having the conversation with her. Yeah. I'm kind of confused because going off subject, the Ryan... Quaton or whatever. Yeah, there you go. He was supposed to have a movie come out called 7500, a plane. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me and Sammy watched that. Dude, it got canceled. Yeah, it got canceled. It eventually got a U.S. release. I don't think it ever came out. uh, It it didn't. It got a very quiet release. Me and Sammy watched it, though. Did it really? It got released on DVD. Me and Sammy watched it. Oh, shit. It was when you took your little six month vacation hiatus. God damn it. You disappeared, and we went and watched it. I disappear. I think it finally got released on like torrent sites, and then slowly yeah. it made its way to. I, th- I think US that's how we, yeah, we found. I think we found it on a torrent site. Yeah. Is where me and but Sammy we saw the trailer it. like years yeah. ago. Sammy was all excited for it, and the movie. Plays, 2014 yeah. plays well until the final act. It, it, yeah, it really does, and the final act kind of was a lackluster. Yeah, it, it really was. It really was a fucking lackluster. Well, Don't now we know why they canceled it for years on end. Yeah, no. It, we're going off topic, but yeah, no, it was it was a good movie. He he did really well in it, but it, yeah, it just peters off at the very end. Like it, it has a great build up, and it's really fucking creepy. But you start to piece it together after a while. Did you watch this one before coming here? Uh, yeah. Can you tell me exactly why he like plots it? Are they from the same town? Him and his wife. Yes. Okay. They're from the same town because they both know the the. They both know the poem. So, yeah, they both know the poem. They're from the same town. That's why he decides <clears throat> to bury her there. Yeah, that's the reason why she buries why he buries her there because she's from that town. And then like uh, And that's the reason why the why the detective threw a giant fit. Oh, why'd you leave town? Right. I had to bury my wife. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. And Donnie Wahlberg, who's from Saw Two, uh yeah. is is the You know, for for the longest time I didn't even realize that was Donnie. I was like, Why is Mark in this? <laughs> I'm sitting there waiting for him to go, What? No, no, no. we have a transformer? No. It's the plants. It's the plants. <laughs> no, what? No, uh, no. I hate Mark Wahlberg. I, he, I'm, I actually prefer Donnie Wahlberg. I, I remember seeing him for the first time in uh, Ransom with Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he Donnie was, Wahlberg? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was Bear. He was one of the kidnappers. Yeah. But uh, I always prefer him over Mark any day of the week. Did <laughs> you know, know Billy why. Corgan did the soundtrack for Ransom? Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Billy Corgan does, actually does a lot anyway. Yeah, he did like he, I think the first film he scored was like Stigmata. Yeah, with, really with uh, Daniel Bryan. Like no, it was Byron. uh Patricia Arquette. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the guy from Usual Suspect. Mm-hmm. Oh, Byron, um, something uh, Byron. Mm, yeah, exactly. Fuck it. Yeah, Gabriel. Gabriel. Gabriel Byron. Byrne. There you go. Fuck it. 
Man, Look at no. that off the top of my head, ladies. Look at that. <laughs> but yeah, so, thinker. But yeah, so that yeah, that's how that's that drunk. that's the entire reason why they end up going back to that town is because she's from there. Gotcha. And that's the reason why she knows the poem and so on and so forth. And also to try and get some information as to where the puppet comes from, because whenever he rips off the felt out of the inside of the box, yeah. Mary Shaw and Billy, I think. Is yeah, what, Billy. That's Billy. the one thing about this movie. Number 57. Visually, like, this is where it comes into James Wan again. Visually, this movie is fucking astounding. Like, it's shot I, so well. It's Even, like, gorgeous. the sequence is awesome. But fuck me, is the dialogue goddamn terrible. Like, he goes to visit his... I wouldn't call him a strange father. He kind of just like left town and fucking never called yeah. his dad again. But like the dialogue's so stupid. Like he walks in, like, hey, you still beating people? And he's like, I don't want to talk about that anymore. He's like, then why'd you bring it up? And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You brought it up. You're like, you're throwing the pissy fit. Like, mm-hmm. like just dialogue in and this the movie. And the mom's trying to fucking trying to play my, mediator with yeah. all of it. It hurts my brain. The blind like, chick. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, the. Uh, <laughs> There's so the, much of that dialogue, by the way. Yeah, there, there's so much fucking dialogue like that. No, yeah, the dialogue isn't that great. It gets a, it gets the story moving, but you're just kind of like, this is cringeworthy. <laughs> like, really? Why are you bringing why? up my abuse? Like, okay, I'm gonna come in, say you abuse me, and you're gonna be like, I don't want to talk about that, and then you say, why are we talking about this? Because you brought it up. <laughs> what the you, feel as, you feel as though you're what missing part of the about? script here. Like they they screwed up on editing. Like you, <laughs> you, you can tell, Lay One L had a, a gun. Yeah, put to his fucking head, like to write the fucking screenplay. Yeah, no, he really did. Yeah, but the but you end up finding out that he didn't. The father kicked the son out. It wasn't. It no, he wasn't, left. No, no, no. He said he said to take him away from the curse at the end. Oh, of the movie. well, yeah, oh, yeah, he did yeah. that to push him away. Mm. Well, yeah, technicalities. But you know, we got we got something over there for that. Like, no, a, I, I tried to find something. I was like, I was like, <laughs> that's not the no, correct one. Not the right <laughs> one. Unless like, we're talking about the mom. Yeah, yeah, that, she's yeah, that she she's, gets appropriate. Yeah, she really does hey, get one. He scored well, Gosh. and I always remember this guy from like Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, the, the dad's played by the warden, the warden yeah. Shawshank, yeah. and uh, if you've watched Daredevil recently, he's. Uh, the guy that doesn't like the lady that doesn't speak English. Yeah, he does the yeah. money handling. Yeah. He's like, oh, Lord, it's a miracle. It dissipated like a fart in the wind. Like, he always, <laughs> yeah. he always has some catchy, like, funny comeback for everything said. But, um, yeah, I, I mainly remember him from Shawshank. And, uh, yeah. He's got some, like, how this yeah. film shot is, like, almost like a uh, reverse sepia. Like, everything's, like, uh, grayish. It, it's, so again, he, it's that blue tone. His eyes stand out. Crazy, mm-hmm. like Jeff's gray, <laughs> like it's, like this gray sparkling eye, cold dead like, eyes. God, yeah, it's creepy <laughs> as shit. Quit looking at me. Uh, sorry, <laughs> you sat next to him. Yeah, I'm. This is my microphone. This is my station. Yep. <laughs> you normally sit here. We extended the table. <laughs> that means but, two things. <laughs> I'm moving away. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut it right there. What the? <laughs> f- <laughs> I can't stand this. God damn! That's how I feel about this movie. Good lord. I mean, we all expected so much coming out of this film. I mean, James Wan and Leigh Wan working together. It's like, hey, it can't go wrong. You can't go yeah. wrong with this. There's going to be a huge twist, and there's going to be such greatness. Bullshit. Yeah. Oh, we got a twist, but it wasn't as great as it's the exact Tobin same. Okay, up. the exact same ending as Saw. It is the exact same. 
He has the moment of realization. Even the music's the exact same. It's almost the exact same. By the way, uh, towards the end where uh, all the dolls line up. Spoiler. Do you notice the Saw doll? Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. Next to the clown, yeah, I think. Billy's are no, he's like know. sitting in the corner up front, yeah. like uh, as they're panning across. I love that scene, though. It's really cool. I love seeing the reveal of all the dolls uh, behind that glass. No, it, thing, it's sitting next them. to the floor. Yeah, it's on the floor. Yeah, Billy the puppet from the Saw franchise. Well, yeah, it's not in the glass case. That's the yeah. Point. I love the reveal of it's Mary Charles' ghost yeah. inside the fucking house. All that shit. And I love the fucking you know the trip to get to her house too. It was like taking the fucking river boat to go to the fucking house. That was awesome. All I, I needed was like Huckleberry Finn piloting that yeah, boat. But it was so cool. I will say there is some creepy goddamn moments in and Mary Shaw is creepy, dude. Yeah. That part in the the morgue. Okay, this oh. lady has <laughs> does puppeteers her whole life. And yeah. when she died, her final request was to become a uh ventriloquist. Yeah. That was her final request. Or she and, not a ventriloquist, a puppet. A puppet, yeah. What is it? What are they called? Ow! <laughs> Get it together! What is it called? A dummy. A dummy. A puppet. Ventriloquist is the person operating the dummy. And gotcha. So we have uh, Mary Shaw. She uh, wants to become one of her dummies uh, when she dies. And they, like, cut her mouth and her jaw. And, oh, my God. Like, the kid sneaks down into... Uh, Henry. Henry, yes. He sneaks down into the, the mortician place and knocks over a coffin and oh my god like some of the imagery in this is so goddamn creepy, creepy. like yeah. so creepy like when she stands up and her mouth's open oh my well it hey my god like the puppets are creepy enough as they are but oh my god she just took the cake oh dude she's yeah. and the <laughs> she thing, is frightening <clears throat> the thing about the movie though which i thought was really cool because there's alternate scenes with mary shaw specifically where there's throughout the movie originally it was supposed to be um she was supposed to have a she was supposed to have her tongue sticking out like a long slimy ass tongue oh, cool. because she's obviously ripping them out of people's mouths yeah, whenever yeah. they scream and a lot of the scenes with her they, she was supposed to have a she was supposed to have a tongue like coming out of her mouth and she also uses tongues from her victims uh. to scare the hell out of people there's even one scene that they cut out of the movie <laughs> where <laughs> sorry but not like there's even one scene where to try and get jamie to scream she licks him (laughs) (laughs) this this role should have been played by uh uh gene simmons no the chick from uh Kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> hey, he uh, incidentally name. comes out in fucking uh, Insidious. Yeah, correct. Uh, yeah, what's yeah. her goddamn name? Fuck do I know? I don't she, know. She's like the creator of New Line Cinema. Uh, I have no... God. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it should have been played by the lady from Kingpin. <laughs> but I, I can see why they cut it out because with Nate doing that noise, I, w- I don't think I'd be able to take her serious at that point. I'm right? I just... wouldn't scream. I'd be like, <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm glad they kept the look the way that she did because she just looks creepy as hell just like that. Oh, I love just it. grinning and smiling. Her eyes are yeah. huge. The makeup effects on it was amazing. Oh, she's creepy as shit, dude. Yeah. You know what she reminds me of? Did you ever watch a movie back in the 80s called Lady in White? Yeah. 
Nope. With the kid who gets locked in the yeah. classroom. Nope. Lucas Haas. It reminds me like that flowy oldness, but yeah. uh God, her face is so well it's reflect yeah, and they revisited it also in, in which is really weird that they revisit that kind of look with uh insidious with the uh Yeah. yeah. The person who stalks yeah, the, the dad fucking lady with mm-hmm. the fucking candle and all that shit. Yeah, so we'll we'll yeah. go into that. Yeah, we'll definitely go into that. Yeah, that's definitely not to be one that we're getting to. God damn it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, the the whole thing wraps up to um, uh, Ryan Quattlepah. Jamie, the true blood <laughs> yeah, guy. Jamie, he figures out, yeah, true blood hick. Uh, he, they figure out that he's got to um, get all the dolls in one place. Yeah. But they've yeah. already realized that all the dolls have been dug up. And so they're like, where... Where are the dolls? Where where the mortician calls Jamie as he's getting arrested? And is like you've got to meet me at her house, Mary Shaw's house. Well, no, the mortician's dead. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said arrested. It's I'm his like, voice. No, it's yeah. the, it's the voice of the mortician telling him to come over gotcha. the phone. Mm-hmm. It's ventriloquism. Throwing your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph, do we got a word for it? Do we got a word for it? Word for what? Ventriloquism. A ventriloquist? He threw his voice? No, the act of being a ventriloquist. Let's see. A ventriloquist? We're looking for an answer. Ventriloquism. Dizzy. Whatever the shit. Anywho, somebody. A, ling- a linguist. Uh, <laughs> well, look, no. it's Mr. Smarty Pants. The more you know. Linguistics. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> Fourth and forward, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so we go, uh, yeah, someone calls and I've. <laughs> Charlie Fork! Charlie Fork! Charlie Fork! Moving on. So, he ventriloquism himself. (laughs) The linguistic linguisticator calls somebody and says, hey, I'm this person. (laughs) The prognosticator, prognosticator, the seer of seers. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking fucks the time, Bill, Jeff. Give us some beeps there, Jeff. I do not think you know that mean. Oh, my God. Okay, anywho, moving forward, uh, Jamie has to go to her house for one last dust-up. <laughs> I'm done talking. Someone else say The final it. hurrah. He goes for the final hurrah and chase, chase to the house by... It's hurrah. Hurrah. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant hurrah. Lieutenant hurrah. Oh, hello, hurrah. <laughs> oh, my. Shmirnoff yeah, actually fucks you up. I didn't know this. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're getting, it's like an equal thing of like alcohol and like seven up. And, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say like diabetic shock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my brain. <laughs> Fourth and forward, as Nate would say. <laughs> so Jamie gets chased down to this house by Mr. Detective Lipton, 
And they go to figure out what's going on with Henry because he just got called. He just got his phone call. Hey, meet me down at the house. I'm bye, bye. By the ventriloquism linguistics expert. I like how this just keeps adding more and more the words. The seer of seers, the prognosticator of prognosticators. Forth and forward, they end up in a shitty old place in the bayou. Uh, Maximum effort. Mary Kate's house? Yeah. Mary yeah, Kay? As well. Kate? Mary Kay is like, that's like a fucking beauty line. That's a beauty, yeah. Mary, yeah, Mary Kay. That's it's Ashley line. and Mary Kay. Okay. Kate. At their, their uh, hothel. Their hothel. Mm. At their hothel. And the detective follows. <laughs> I could say detective. Detective. <laughs> He's a detective. What do you want? I thought you said detective, not detective. He might be a detective. <laughs> <laughs> this is the wrong button, Jeff. Go over one more. There we go. I'm thirsty, my friend. I am thirsty. So, uh, yeah, they end up at... Walking through this old, I guess it's like an amphitheater. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's, the thea- it's the theater on the lake. It's some of a band. I can't remember the name of the fucking thing. It's like the Ravensville Theater or something Correct. like that. There you go. Is it Ravensville? Is that you're, the name of the You're city? close. Sounds good. <laughs> Raven something. <laughs> close enough. Well, buy it for a dollar. <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar. So, yeah, they uh, find uh, all the dolls are lined up in these glass cases. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh my God. They fucking. Figure out that Jamie somehow figures out that you can't scream at her or she yanks out your tongue and kills you. Yeah. Uh, they burn the dolls? Yeah, they end yeah. up burning the dolls because they find out that she is living through the dolls. Correct. Because they kill, the, they kill the, the clown doll that she was speaking to them through. And Billy 54 is missing. Yeah, they end up yeah. realizing that number 54 is missing, which is Billy. But yeah, they kill the clown. Oh. They kill the clown. They notice that whenever they kill the clown, she disappears. And then when they look at the wall of dolls, they notice that she's trying to like mess, like uh, materialize herself through the doll. It's creepy that there's a human puppet. Yeah, the uh, the Ashen, the uh, Billy Twenty Two. The uh, Billy number 22. Uh, I can't remember what. I know how you're feeling is. right now. <laughs> God damn it. You need human contact. Go ahead and touch it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, they, they burn down all these damn dolls and they realize one's missing. Um, mm-hmm. I forget how they fucking go about grabbing that doll and getting the doll. But uh, in the meantime, they're walking across a uh, catwalk. The bridge snaps, and the detective screams as he falls down. And yeah, and Mary Shaw's like, "Got you, over, bitch." And then he Wahlberg down. And then he pull. <laughs> he comes out of the out of the curtain to like yell at you, and he's still screaming without a tongue. And he just kind of like rides the elevator down, <laughs> down. <laughs> <laughs> no, that has a tongue. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have a tongue to do that. Ow! <laughs> back in trunk. Back in line. Back in line. Back in line. But you see a Wahlberg down, so he's he ends up landing on the ground. Wahlberg down. <laughs> and he then, never makes it through movies. No, he, he doesn't. This, right. And then I think that was the next biggest jump scare is whenever Jamie tries to pull himself up out of the uh, off the crosswalk, and there she is staring at him. Yeah. It, that that was creepy, and then she like falls down, or he falls down into the water, and he swims away, and the 
theater burns away. And I don't I don't even remember how he ends up finding finding Billy. Yeah, I he goes to the house. He yeah, goes to his dad's house because he figures out that his dad is actually keeping this curse alive. Yeah. So he thinks. Yeah. And he goes up there, sees oh, Billy. That's, that's right. Because throws he goes, him into the fire. Yeah, because he goes to the morgue, finds Henry is dead. Marion is there holding him. Says your dad trying to came. figure out where's Billy. And she says that your dad came and got him. And he yeah. says, "Oh, my dad's confined to a wheelchair. How he came? He stood up and picked him up and walked away. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's how that that okay. This is how it all plans out. That's good right. twist ending. Um, so yeah, he arrives at his dad's house, uh, throws the doll in the fire. Not before Mary Kate and Ashley Olson <laughs> fucking roll at him, <laughs> <laughs> and you find out the father is dead." <laughs> The whole time. The whole time. Actually, it's kind of a cool uh, little reveal that yeah. um, the chick, his new wife, has stuck a stick up his ass and has been operating his mm-hmm. face yeah. <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, she's like mm. the movie. <laughs> like the, the beginning of the movie gives it away, and that's when we do the entire saw like flashback, everything pieces together, kind of bullshit. And they end up finding that she was the one creating the perfect doll, aka. So I got a question: Is his wife, uh, the chick Ella? I think I think it's Ella. I don't know which character it is. Uh, Is she Mary Kate's daughter? She is. Is She Ashley. She is Mary Shaw. She is Mary Shaw. No, she's not Mary Shaw. Well, because in the she's she's a relative or daughter. There's an alternate ending that explains the origin of Ella. Um, Alternate ending: Ella simply knocks Jamie out after he discovers the father was a puppet all along. Then she explains that the original Ella was a human being with Edward as an abusive husband. Edward knocked her knocked her down the stairs and killed their unborn child. Oh shit! Ella dug up the grave where the puppet Billy was buried and became possessed by Mary Shaw. Oh okay. Afterwards, Ella makes the makes a family photograph, then dresses as Mary Shaw, tells the bedtime story to a child by candlelight. Later, revealing to Jamie with his tongue ripped out already, or would have been if they added the visual effects if planned. The st- this story is the poem. Ella also reveals that silence can save you from Mary Shaw. So she is Mary Shaw possessed. Or she's possessed by Mary Shaw. She's yeah. a vessel. And yeah, she's the vessel. kind of feel like she's like an apprentice. Or she yeah, took yeah. up the... I thought she up, was her daughter. <laughs> she took the yeah, that's, that's what it really plays out to be. But in, like I said, in the alternate ending, it states that she was that she got possessed by and that's awesome. Mary Shaw. Yeah. My final thought on Dead Silence. I caught this in the theater. I watched it, and I expected something uh, unique from it. And it's definitely a B film, but for the time, we were getting a lot of things that were pretty much in the same vein of this. Uh, while uh, Mr. Stackhouse was doing Dead Silence, we had his sister, uh, Anna Paquin, doing a film called Darkness. We had a Tooth Fairy movie called Darkness Falls. Uh, we had yeah, we had Boogeyman. We had Kiefer Sutherland and Mirrors. I mean, everything was kind of falling in the same vein of like almost good horror, but yeah. it kind of failed um, in the originality scope. I mean, for these films being originals, I mean these whole. I mean, it kind of predated the whole fucking remake uh, extravaganza that would take place later with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, for them being originals, they were kind of your B movie schlock. And and for having modest budgets, yeah, it was kind of like a, a happy time, but yet it's kind of sad because I guess nobody really had the true footing of what was uh, really worthwhile in the horror genre. Yeah. No, that's understandable. 
Ralphus. Um, for this for this movie, I thought it was decent for what it was. I'd actually never seen the movie before this. I I watched it last night, and it's okay. It's no saw. It's nothing. It's it was nothing really amazing. It it looked pretty, yeah. and he did. Uh, he ended up doing the same thing that I said earlier, which was he used those blue and grays, and he used that same color scheme as he did in the previous movie. Um, it has like a couple of jump scares here and there. If anything, like I don't, I'm not big on the dolls themselves, but Mary Shaw really just took the cake on creepiness. Like I was more terrified of her than I was the dialogue in this movie. Totally, yeah. So it it, it it's a fun movie, but meh. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, really meh. I don't know. I guess for final thoughts for me, uh, I agree. Like it's it's very forgettable. It's not memorable. It's kind of fucking. You can tell that a gun was held to somebody's head to write this <laughs> real write fast. It. Yeah. I mean, um, like Ralph like... said, dude, Mary Shaw is scary as shit. I wish she was in a better movie. Yeah. Totally. Um, the character design. And I agree with Jeff. You had all these witchy, bitchy type things. Uh, Darkness Falls, the Tooth Fairy, and Boogeyman, and all, all these things where it was like a scary, witchy kind of character. Um, it just... I didn't see it until about a year ago, and it it just feels super unoriginal, and not a lot of love and care was put into it. Yeah. No. Do I recommend it? No. And this is why I'm the James Wan skeptic. Uh, he has a good movie. He has a shitty one. He has a good one. He has a shitty one. It kind of goes back and forth to me, so I guess we'll find out where I go next week. Yeah. But uh, if it's a buy, recommend. I say avoid. I, I don't care for this movie. Gotcha. Um, I would say I'm thankful it's on Netflix in HD. It has been yeah. on there for like two years. Yeah. And I think that's the best way to experience the film yeah, for no, me. I, I agree with you 100%. I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend money on it. I, it. It's worth to at least see it once. That way you get an idea of his earlier work and where, where his high points are, where his low points are. And that's, in my opinion, was one of his low points. Like, it, like again, it was visually, it was creepy. The Mary Shaw was. The it's dialogue forced. sucked. Yeah, it's forced. felt forced. Uh, again, you, you you take the good and the bad with any with anybody, and that's one of his bad ones, at least in my opinion. And they also stated that fans of that movie requested a sequel, and James Wan has been quoted to say, if you people really wanted a sequel, then you should have bought tickets and gone to see the first one. Yeah, he started yeah. being a dick. Yeah, he he was that's he was real he was he pulled a real dick move whenever he said that, especially to his fans saying, "We want a sequel." Well, you should have bought tickets because it's not happening. Yeah, nobody went and saw it. Yeah, I I would tell you what I would uh, if I was him, I'd take well Lay One L. I would take Mary Shaw's character and just put it in a different movie. Yeah. In all honesty, completely. they probably should have just moved the movie around or have the movie circle around Mary Shaw instead of so much the puppets because yeah. like the puppets they played up the puppets as though they were some some big thing in the movie yeah. when actuality the only puppet that really played a big difference was Billy and even then yeah Billy had his creepy moments but he didn't have anything that defined him he was forgettable what always irritates me is like when you watch <coughs> Dark Darkness Falls in the first five minutes of the film they give you the origin of the Tooth Fairy mm-hmm it's like the origin would have been a better fucking movie than the Darkness Falls movie yeah. itself. And I think Dead Silence was that. I yeah. think the story of Mary Shaw would have been a better fucking overall film mm -hmm. had they just done that and not did this whole fucking Dead Silence thing. Yeah. I can imagine being a screenwriter and coming up with this awesome story of a Mary Shaw character yeah. and just utilizing it as just a Background. fucking... Background. Yeah, 
fucking five minute background origin yeah. story in a poem. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree with you. He, it's the, like, why, the, why not tell the story of a Mary Shaw character? Yeah, the background story that they told of her, like Henry did, whenever he was talking about her, like building her up and whatnot, just the amount of creepiness with her. I would have much rather saw that as a movie than the actual movie with the puppets. If I was uh, uh, to say, I, I really wish they would have done a, uh, a Mary Shaw movie. I agree with Jeff. Uh, the part where they do the background where she's uh, performing in the theater and that kid calls her out, I can see your lips moving, and she does mm-hmm. that fucking like, she does evil that, like, stare. 180. Yeah, and then they oh, start, oh, her and the doll start arguing back and forth. It was really cool. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they, they just kind of missed out. They, I think they overthought it. Yeah, they really did. Uh, like, that, that, again, that origin would have been so much better as a movie. I agree. But, it's like Boogeyman, <clears throat> that scene where he's sitting there in his bedroom and he sees his clothes laying on the chair. And then lightning flashes, and the clothes stand up. Yeah, like holy shit, that part scares me still to this day. Like I'm just like, oh my god, that's fucking creepy. Or another movie, but that, then the rest of the movie sucks. Yeah, another movie that that played on like the clothes and something really creepy happening for that split second, the Babadook. Oh, exactly. Like exactly. Like the scene whenever she's in the fucking police station and she's talking to the police officer in the background. You get to see the trench coat. And she, it looks like a regular trench coat at first, but then she takes another look at it, you can see the hand coming out of the trench coat. And mm-hmm. it's like, I, it, it gives you chills just thinking about it because it's the subtle subtle things. And unfortunately, the puppets didn't really do that. No. Because you saw it coming. You knew it was going to happen. Yeah. And it sucked. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know the term jump the shark is used correctly, but uh, they, that's yeah. what they did. They had a great... <clears throat> Ghost character, but they put it in a shitty movie. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Leigh Wanell was under pressure. He he only had a few months to write this movie yeah. to cover his own ass and James Wan. I will say for James Wan that cinematically, this movie's gorgeous. Yeah, it really is. The shots that are uh, creepy are creepy. I mean, they're meant to be creepy. They are creepy. It transfers very well. But uh, James Wan, for being a director, he... He tried his best. It's just mm-hmm. a shitty script. I mean, what are you supposed to do with it? Yeah. No, so. It really was. I mean, the best thing to come out of this fucking film for me was uh, it was their second film. It was their sophomore film. And then directly following that was something I wish we could review on this, but I think we're going to have to skip it, was uh, Kevin Bacon coming out in Death Sentence, Ooh. which I thought was just... I, for- I forgot about that movie. I think it's just... It's probably one... I, I grew up watching, like, Dirty Harry and Death Wish with yeah. Charles Bronson and stuff like that. But seeing Death Sentence with Kevin Bacon, it was like the ultimate 70s throwback revelation film where I was just like, oh, man, that movie is just beautiful. Oh, like yeah. a grind. I've never seen it. Oh, so. my God. It's just, it is like, I don't know. It plays to the heartstrings. It's a hardcore thriller. It's dirty. <clears throat> it's gritty. It's the Grindhouse re- style? It's, it's not Grindhouse. It's more just revenge thriller. Yeah. It's like I spit on your grave meets Death Wish kind of shit. Yeah, but it's it, to it's, the extent of you, like you'd enjoy it. Oh, dude, it's, it's, to watch it's, it. it's great. So yeah, I mean, uh, this kind of wraps up our part one of uh, James Wan retrospect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess here, shit. I think our next two episodes are going to be Conjuring versus Insidious. Let's yeah. let's do a versus. Which one's better? Which one's worse? Yeah. Uh, this set. Definitely saw. <laughs> <laughs> I know this one. This set definitely yeah, this saw, set saw took out Dead Silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for sure. Yeah. So it obviously wasn't rushed. They had a smaller budget. So again, genius comes out of 
limitations. Yeah. You got to get creative. And I think if you're sitting home at night and you give Dead Silence a chance, hey, you know, do it. I yeah, mean, it's, um, it, it's but, not like a movie. It, it's not a bad, like, terrible movie where it's like, oh, my God, why did I, why'd I waste my time? It's entertaining enough. It's one of those movies you just flick your brain off and just whatever, enjoy it. Yeah, just definitely. take it for what it is. Totally. Hell, have have a couple of beers, have a couple of bottles of virus, whatever have you, you know, and just kick back. Yeah. Obviously, don't go in there expecting it's going to be something amazing. And totally, uh, if you're looking for something, if you've seen Dead Silence and you haven't seen uh, Anna Paquin in Darkness, mm-hmm. I definitely recommend seeing that. Uh, Nate mentioned Boogeyman. Um, Darkness, Darkness Falls. Falls. I mean, there were a lot of films. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland Mirrors. Uh, I would say just sit back and watch that. Even the sequel, Nick Stahl, was actually not too bad. There's an original uh, Korean or Japanese version that's actually uh, not too bad either to hunt down if you have the chance. Mm-hmm. But these are the kind of same movies that are in vain of the Mary Shaw character. Um, I mean, hell, you could even say The Ring and yeah, stuff like so that. Yeah, so The Ring I to mean, some it's... extent. And like we'll get into later on in the next episode, the Insidious uh, character really plays a big homage to Ma- yeah. what they created with Mary Shaw. No, yeah, it really did. Which we're, we're going to be... Uh, and now we know what happened to Darth Maul. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fell on the centaur. Which will be fun to get into next episode. Yeah, no, it really will so be. So yeah, join us next week. We'll be... Uh, well... We'll be going over the sad sequel. Oh, no. The prequel. No. The original. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And next week, we'll be reviewing Insidious and The Conjuring. Yeah. I bid you fair adieu. This is Nathan. And this is Jeff. And this is Ralph. <laughs> so Hulk out with your bulk out. Keep it scary. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Deuces. Oh my god, I hurt my head so bad. Thank you for listening to Deep in the Horror of Texas. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on the iTunes or Stitcher radio app. And above all, remember to keep it scary.